Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever episode of the PCC Gamescast, the only gaming podcast on the internet that brings you all of the gaming news you may or may not care about. This episode of the PCC Gamescast is brought to you by Miracle Fruit Oil, but we'll have more on that later. For now, I am your revered or reviled host, Josh Peterson, and I'm joined here by the man that your mother's warned you about, Big Dog Jay Linehan. What's up, what's up? What up, man? How you doing? This, this is different for us because we're first time on camera. Well, not first time. We tried it before, did not get the results we wanted, or we just got too lazy, I think, to edit it. <laughs> right. I got too lazy to edit it. You know, we... Were, a lot we're, of stuff on the cutting room floor. A lot of stuff on the cutting room floor. We're trying to take things up a notch. You know, it's a little bit different from Topicocalypse, the other only podcast on the internet. So, yeah, man, how you feeling? Uh, what's new? What's going on? Oh... Same old, same old, just keep it on, keep it on. Same old stuff, different day, same old. Just the grind. Just, oh, just the grind, just the grind. So I was telling you earlier that yesterday I actually took a day off and did nothing but play video games, watch Iron Fist, and read. Nice. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit refreshed, but it's weird how when you take a day off and then you just get in front of all the screens again, you just feel it come back, you know? There's no, like... Yeah, yeah. You just feel the the pull towards the, oh, what's out there? What's everybody doing? What's everyone doing? It's the feeling of being disconnected. Like, I don't like being connected, but I don't like being disconnected at the same time. I think that when you're connected, then you feel like you need to unplug. And then when you're unplugged for a long time, you feel like you need to reconnect. Uh, yeah, and I think it comes down to this idea of management. Yeah, just time knowing, management. Knowing when you've had yeah, enough. You find a balance. S- signing balance. off. Yeah, balance. Picking a time to shut off the screens and stop texting people and... Yeah, I don't know, dude. I just feel like I'm getting crushed by it sometimes. Anyways, that was a downer. So, games we played, man. What? Tell me, what, what have you been playing? I got, I got three games for you. I got Far Cry Five. How are you feeling about it? I'm getting back into it. It just it took a little. It's uh, you just got to get back into the story. You got to get back into doing missions and stuff. There's, How, al- there's almost sometimes too much going on. Do you feel like in that game? Do you feel it's almost overwhelming? How much stuff is happening? Yes. Yeah, there's just like way too many like side quests at once right and and some of them are funny like some of them i do there are certain areas and like characters that i care enough to to dive into but yeah like the whole thing was funny with the uh the testicle festival where you have to go and like kill the bulls in different ways that or was whatever a nice change of pace but completely unnecessary it was it it totally was but there's just like there's some characters like i don't know i almost feel like they well, when you when when you have the option to participate in a testicle festival, yeah, kind of makes you want to do it, right? It, why am I? You said, yeah. Why am like, I why not going to do why this? Is this in the game? I should play. This <laughs> I, is new. I need to find out what it is. But there's a lot of characters who you you want to invest in them, but there's also a lot of characters that you don't want to invest in. Yeah, that are like they're too similar, or you just have too many. But they're kind of like the typical video game trop characters, so you know you have. Yeah, there's like, not a whole lot of character depth there. It's, there's, it's, you know, oh, uh, hot hillbilly chick who flies a plane, or you know, right. some crazy bastard in the mountains who who has moonshine and stuff. Yeah, it's like it's very generic. You see all the characters; they, they remind me of like characters from Borderlands, and Borderlands yes. characters remind me of characters from, you know, other games. So yes. it's uh, how so? How far are you? I'm halfway through the second area. Okay. So did, is that Faith? Faith. Uh, yeah, okay. So how do you feel about her? I don't know. The drug trip kind of messed, not messed me up, but like it gave me a headache playing that that part. Just having the screens 
blurring because I got to wear glasses when I play games uh, anyways because yeah. everything looks blurry. So I feel like my glasses aren't working when that happens. Yeah, there's that. I mean, I, you, I've kind of used to that because there's certain games where if you take enough damage, you will walk around like that. Like it's flashing red, like you're going to die. Yeah. It's all blurry. Uh, kind of the same thing, but not so bad. But yeah, it, it is annoying. Like, oh, God, you got hit with that. The What the hell was the drug called? It's something bullet. Oh, oh, uh, bliss, bliss! You get hit with a bliss bullet, and you're like, now you have to try to get out of this well, in a haze. Right. The, well, the mechanics for that are weird because if you, when they say like the people are coming after you, the more you run, like you might not even run into them, but the game has it set up to where if you take any kind of damage, it means that you were shot by a bliss bullet. So yeah. I was fleeing from them on one part, and I would, fu- I fell off a cliff, and I took damage that way, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, you've been captured or whatever. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It, so I, I haven't, what's the, the final guy's name is Joseph, Jacob, Joseph, J- jo- Joseph, Joseph. Yeah. So I have, I still have to fight him. I just got caught up in a back catalog of other games. Yeah. I've, we also have Assassin's Creed four black flag. Oh, I was feeling nostalgic. I just wanted a good game. It's a, honestly like you can't go wrong with it. I just hate that there's not more of it. Yeah. I mean, it's got, it's, I, I think it's got super replayability, but, uh, it, it does, but like I would have loved to keep exploring that world. I would have loved oh, to yes, see more I, of the I, Kinway saga. I agree. It, I think that there could have been a way bigger game than it was. Like I like it was a long game, I but I would like to have seen it go how they did Ezio, how he had like what three games? He did, he did. Well, and like now it seems like you know you have with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Origins. They're they're just one off stories. Like there's no like continuation. They, right, they are, and it's not so much. They're not really focusing on character development anymore as much as they're focusing on time periods. I think so too. Yeah, which is cool. I I do enjoy the depth of the time periods and stuff where you can explore and all that, but. I just like you didn't you don't build a rapport with any of the characters. Like I remember in in the when we played as Ezio, um, uh, was it uh, Da Vinci was like your best friend and he made all your gadgets and stuff. Right. He was you progressed with him through the the three games that they were in and stuff and and I liked how they cared to show it was the girlfriend's name Sophia. Like I share I care I like that they showed what happened between the two of you guys. Yeah. And that was something we just, you don't get anymore. And even the thing that I feel ripped off about with Black Flag, amazing game, love everything about it, but they didn't give us DLC that featured uh, Edward. No. We, we got the um, one, what's, I can't even pronounce his name, but the uh, the one where you're going around freeing slaves. like that. that and it was fun, it yeah. was cool, but it was not what I wanted. It was, I wanted to know what happened to Edward in the years that followed. But I know they had what, um, Rogue and Unity coming out at the same time. They're kind of trying to officially close that book, but yeah. I still feel like we should have gotten more. Yeah, I agree. You kind of got that with... Uh, not not kind of, but there was a nice lead-in between Rogue and... Uh, what was the one where you were in the France? Uh, Unity. Unity. Yeah, and that was, was a disaster. That was the first time yeah, they were testing out that yeah, new game terrible. engine they were using. Unity was it's super clunky, not fun. It's funny, they had, um, if you read the book Blood, Sweat, and Pixels by Jason Schreier, they talk about how uh, they're asking Ubisoft if they're looking into creating some kind of battle royale game. And they're like, we're not looking into battle royale, but we're looking into something something similar. We're trying to figure out, get ahead of the curve and find out what the next trend in gaming is so that we can be on it. But he's like, you know, if you wanted an Assassin's Creed battle royale game... You would it would it would not run very well. Like you would have significantly less people on the map, and that's one of the things that Unity suffered from was they had 
it was in you know France and or yeah. Paris or what uh, yeah France yes. and um, it had all had so it was the first game that ever featured that many people on the map at once and it was nuts and it was really cool but it just I don't think they had the processing power to make it happen yet yeah like I like the um, the multiplayer like I like the idea but it just never. It was just too complicated. It was, and I didn't like that. That was one of the only ways to level up your your stuff. Yeah, you had to earn the points through playing uh, playing the multiplayer, doing the uh, the little dimensional rift yeah. exercises and stuff like that. Back to Black Flag, I love it. I love the uh, the story. It's a very rich story, very rich character. I just wish we would have got more. Or you know, it would be cool if uh, kind of like how they put out the Ezio collection. Yeah, give us a, a Kenway collection, like. Like, what do you want? You let, want? Let's go back and play them all as a coherent story instead right. of having... Because this one kind of... Ju- the Kenway stories all jumped around. Yeah, you always... Because uh, you went... Well, you, I guess there was... You never really got to... Wait, did you get to play with him? I think you did. Um, Ken, uh, Edward's son, hey, uh, Haytham? Haytham, yeah. You played as him in... Uh, in three. In three, yeah. Yeah. Which is cool, but they didn't really explore his... They didn't really explore his character a whole lot. No, you like and his backstory, right? And they make you like him though. Like he's a very he's, he's a very tragic character. He's a yeah, a tragic, and he's a, he's yeah, he's just a likable villain. I don't know. Like yeah. I, you almost like feel sorry for him. Not yeah. sorry, but no, like but you want to see good things happen between him and Connor, and it just doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. But I would also like to know like the story of how he met Connor's mom and yeah, stuff I mean, like I like that. I want to hear about how you know. Because how Edward, you know, Edward was killed or whatever, and then a Templar took over, t- raising his son in a kind of a deal. Yeah, it's a good. There's actually a, there's a book about it, and it's it's fairly good. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but they do have a novel out for it. So did that kind of quench your thirst for more story in that? Yeah, yeah, but I wanted to play it. Okay, I get. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing with like video game novels. Halo, for example, has yeah. a whole crap ton of novels or and gears. Halo and Gears, and they all fill in the gaps of things where the games don't. Because think about it, a lot of these games, they they no longer, because there's so much like side media, novels, comic books, um, you know, little shorts like they have on Netflix and stuff. Yeah. There's now so many ways to bridge the gap. So you no longer have to take a game and have it take place, you know, a week or a month after the last one. Now you can have like a game, like, um, Oh, you can like have a like a ten year period, and then right, right. The other avenues of media will make up what's in between. Right. If people want to know what happened to certain characters, like you don't have to focus on specific things anymore in video games when it comes yeah. to uh, pushing franchises to the next point on the timeline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So many options. Uh, all right. So your last one here, I got the the classic man, Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Oh yeah, well, because you know, ever since they let you mod the game through the marketplace. I just like to go on there and install new mods and see what works, what doesn't work. So you have any favorites? Tell me. Uh, I like the ones that add more depth to it. Like there's more places to go. Like not not like missions and, and dungeons and stuff, but like there's more like towns, there's more NPCs. It just feels more alive. Do people, so people actually build... I haven't played any of the mods. So like I, I finished it on Xbox... Uh, 360, and that was when it originally came out. And then I played it on Xbox One when it was remastered. And uh, I just never did the mods because it wouldn't let me get the achievements. And you know how much I like my yes, achievements. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, it does disable the achievements, but at some point after playing it a dozen times, 
you gotta freshen things up a bit. Right. Well, so I'm playing on Switch right now. I got I bought it uh, when it was on sale at Target. Well, it wasn't on sale. They had a pricing flaw, so I took advantage of it. Uh, but I set on yeah on this one. Like I don't really care to like I'm gonna play through the story, but it's kind of I I'm taking this opportunity. I have it set to like a lower not not like cream puff mode, but like a lower difficulty so that I can kind of breeze through the and play the dungeons that I never played before. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not just, I'm not sitting there focusing on like, okay, 80 hours is 80 hours. Like I got to get hammer through this 80 hour game, but I can keep going back to it. Like yeah, when I'm totally. in between games or when I'm traveling. That's the great thing about the Switch is the portability. I can just yeah. put it in my suitcase or whatever and yeah. take it with me on the go. What I also like about the modding is it allows people to fix the stuff that the studio didn't bother to fix. Like there's glitching or clipping problems. Like this, they, like there's mods that will fix that. Or they just make everything look better. Like they're, it's like a, it's, you know, like how they say they're going to remaster and they just tweak it a little bit. Right. Well, there's mods that tweak it a lot and they make it look pretty good. So, okay. So, how do you feel about, I know there are parties working on um, modding or remasters of like uh, Morrowind and Oblivion and they look beautiful. Whether or not they'll ever see the light of day, we don't know, but like they look really cool. How do you feel about that? Do you, I dig it because I always feel like, you know, like I'm a big fan of like the Mass Effect trilogy in, in series. Yeah. Um, I think it would be cool to go back because they were, they were releasing over such a large span. I mean, there's several games like that, Halo being one of them. But I, I think it'd be cool to go back and play them all again just with fresher graphics. It just seemed like it would make the story flow better because... Right. You know, like when you like you watch a TV show, and like a, like an animated one, and like the first episode is super gritty, and then the last episode is like super, like fresh and clean. Yeah, kind of like that. Okay. Like I just like think it would be fun to play through it again, and it's been so long since I played it, Morrowind or Oblivion that it'd be like playing it all over again. Are you talking about kind of like in with anime how you have a you have the series, and then like four or five years later they'll come out with like a movie or an OVA special, and like the, the animation is so crisp and clean and. No. Not really. I'm more like, do you ever watch, like, see, like, the first episode of Family Guy and then mm-hmm. see the most current episode of Family Guy? Yeah, just see how the, the color that's shades what, change and all about. that. Well, but yeah, same principle with the movies. Like, if they want to continue the story a little bit or reopen it, they'll make a movie first. Right. It, this is an interesting thing because they have, uh, you have, like, those companies. You hear about those companies who make... Um, working on remasters of, like, old Zelda games. You know, you have, like, yeah. we're, we're making a... Uh, an ocarina of time with modern graphics or we're doing yeah. like Zelda two with modern graphics and Nintendo, the, the, these games, the people that make them are brilliant, but Nintendo and all these companies always want to shut them down. Cause that's basically what modding is. Yeah. But Nintendo wants to shut them down. They give them like season desist orders, but then they end up like hiring them or whatever. Yeah. They'll hire them, them to do it because they're, it's a great way for, um, people who are into that stuff to get noticed. Yeah. Like in certain, like in Skyrim, they have like legit, like independent expansions that let you go to like other completely different areas. So do you think, well, let me ask you this though. Do you think that as a gaming community, if we're paying $60 for a game that we should have the right to do with it, what we want, as long as we're not selling it? Yes, I think so. So it's, you have companies like Bethesda and Rockstar who are, you know, they like you to do things like that. They That's why Grand Theft Auto is so popular. And I'm curious to see what mods are going to come out with Red Dead when it uh, oh, yeah, drops super, in October. Oh, yeah, super but excited for that. Well, it's kind of like, you know, like, that's kind of one of the reasons why 
you haven't we haven't had a really a standalone GTA game for a while, but they have have the GTA Online. Yeah, yeah. And they keep releasing expansions after expansions, and they look pretty good. Yeah, because well, just imagine this though. Imagine being a company, you put a game out, and as long as you can make a profit, uh, you know, a, a probably a larger percentage because it's your game. But yeah. like, if you can profit off of other gamers adding uh, off of gamers, your audience adding content onto your game for you. Mm. Imagine that system. That would be well, can so. You, can, well, like, imagine one where it's you don't have a series of games anymore. You have just one long continuous game where they just keep adding more story as you go. Well, that's like over the time. that's like um, a lot of MMOs do it that way. But can you just imagine that with like what a was it gaming Halo, with a Halo like, game? Yeah, like gaming as a service though. That's like what yeah. Anthem is going to be. You have. Um, it's just an open world thing. You you have your own story when you're in the city or whatever, and then you go out into the open world. You can you, know, you play with your buddies. You take down giant monsters and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and then they're just going to keep adding stuff on as we go. And that's what they're talking about, the new Dragon Age game being a one of those like game in progress games where they're going to keep putting I like content, that, but active I do content. Not, but what I don't like is I don't... Because it's EA now, and I don't like the whole microtransaction bullshit they mm-hmm. fucked up with uh, Battlefront. yeah. No, I'm I'm scared to death I, that that's what they're gonna do. I think that because Anthem is really gonna decide the future of Bioware, honestly. Because look at EA Cut. It's, it's super a big deal because Bioware has most some of the best games out there, RPG wise. Yeah, the best games out there, and I feel like the industry is like moving away from those. But uh, you know, there is well, if Bethesda, everybody, everybody wants these stupid like battle royale games. That are I fun think for that a second. I feel like that's going to come to an end soon, though. Yeah, you honestly, think it'll just dip down, yeah, I, I hope because uh, you know if Bethesda has proven anything, it's that even like with Fallout seventy six coming out, they've proven that by letting you play the game by yourself, there is a demand. Like they do see Bethesda is a big company. If they still yeah. see profit in letting you have a single player experience, they are going to keep making them. Yeah. So if they didn't, they wouldn't be making games like Wolfenstein and well, it's, Elder you just Scrolls. Think, you just think this it's gonna it's there's going to be no more stories. Right. And there's going to be no more character development. So I feel like that would seriously hurt the gaming community because then everybody's going to be kind of detached. Well, especially too, like if you're like me, you know, and you come home from work and you just want to play a game by yourself for a few hours, you want to just veg and kind of isolate yourself and, you know, find your center again. Yeah. Or like some, the person who likes to play, uh, you know, a couple hours of like a Final Fantasy before they go to bed or something. Those are the gamers that I think sustain the market because they're the ones that have been playing since like the Nintendos and the Segas came yeah, out. Yeah, those are the long-term fans, not the not the flash in the pan uh, bandwagons that you have for like um, all like every like. There's people who just play multiplayer games. Yeah, and that's that's what you like. Hey, that's perfectly fine. I like sometimes which are they are fun to play with other people, um, but sometimes you just want to you know, it's like playing through a movie, right? You feel you it gives you more of a connection to the story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I love games with choices where you can guide the story wherever you want. That's uh, the newest uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is supposed to be like that. Like yeah, they're yeah. trying to it like almost, your like your decisions have consequences in the game world. It does. It feels like Mass Effect to me, which I'm down for. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as to say it's Mass Effect, but it does have that Mass Effect feel where you have the dialogue wheels and you get to pick like what you want to do I and you that, level yes. up. I don't know. I don't remember Mass Effect. I don't think you level up your your stats, do you? You just level up gear. You just level up gear, yeah. You have to do the missions and earn money to pay for it. Yeah. Um, all right. So no, for I take that back. There is some kind of leveling up because you could pick new powers and. New that's powers. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You pick like what you skills want. Skills and stuff. Skills. It was the the biotics too. Like yeah, you can yeah, level yeah. up that. And 
There's there's a series that I wish they would release more um, outside contact, like more books, more shorts, like a like maybe TV show or anime or something. Well, so allegedly they're. I think it was their marketing person came out and said that they are working, like they do have things going on with Mass Effect and Dragon Age. But they it's haven't. such a huge world. It just seems like a wasted market or wasted. It it wasted is content. it is well, and the fact that they like Star Wars has caused them nothing but grief, and they still don't want to let go of it. But the reason that you know they took all the the. Uh, the developers off of Mass Effect Andromeda, put them on Star Wars, put the B Squad on Andromeda, and yeah. then you end up having all these problems. Yeah. And then you go fast forward to Star Wars, and Star Wars was still, in a way, an incomplete game because that's why all these microtransactions, but they did it on purpose. So, well, because they always, because, well, it's partly a Disney, but it's also like, you know, everybody only sees his dollar signs. Yeah, but all of their bad decisions have led to more bad decisions. And these oh, yes, bad decisions. Yes, they, just need to, they just need to hit the reset button and get back to what they're good at. Yeah, and all these bad decisions are affecting the gamers outlook on them because they were voted the worst company in I want to what Forbes like worst worst companies most hated companies this was a I want, oh, I want EA to say or Bioware? EA it was either oh, last EA, year or the yeah. year before EA, yeah EA was like super hated especially after the whole microtransaction fiasco that like really upset a bunch of people like yeah. they like I didn't really play it but I don't know people that didn't they say that I you they basically got you to pay $60 for a game that was only like 70% done. Right, right. And even still, like now the chances are very slim that we'll ever see Dead Space again because they shut down Visceral. Like they had so, they've been making well, I, well, the, we so many bad decisions. Because, yeah, because it's, it's, that's such a gory and, and like all those games, you don't see those games anymore. You don't see Doom, you don't see Dead Space, you don't see these all like really gory like Resident Evil. What was the last time you saw a Resident Evil game? Well, so Bethesda actually, they bought, Doom, I want to say they, yeah, because they, they re-released Doom. They, it's just remastered, but it's not. There's like Doom Eternal's coming out though, like the uh, first like legitimate sequel. Think so? Think it'll be as gory though? I I don't know. I don't like Doom though because Doom is one of those mindless games that when it got purchased, when Bethesda got the rights to Doom, I was expecting like a story. Yeah. But it's still just the same thing, Kinda you like know. Destiny. And it's like it's yeah, it's a mindless game. You sit there and you you want. I heard there's a de- another exp- a new expansion for Destiny coming out. Yeah, or a new yeah. story. Or yeah. for Destiny 2. Destiny 2. Uh, it's the expansion. is called... It has to do with the... Who are those guys with the shiny eyes? I never played it. You guys... Yes, you did. You and um, Brian Kane and them played it. Uh, Let's see. Destiny it was 2 fun for a minute. expansion. But it, yet again, there's a, it's a game that... It's a multiplayer game, but there's no story, and it just gets really old. Forsaken. The Forsaken, yeah. Uh, yeah, I that was one. Maybe sometime I'll get into it. But um, hold on one second. I gotta fix this camera. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it's just it. I don't know. Like there, I was expecting a little bit more. But like with Dead Space, there should be more Dead Space. Like it's a shame to see that go to waste. And the Resident Evil too. Like Capcom is actually learning their lesson with the Resident Evils because you know after the seventh one, people weren't really digging the series too much. So now they're going back. And they're showing, uh, you know, the market for n- nostalgia, like remasters are, remasters are, are there. Are, like, remasters are a legitimate thing. Like, yeah. um, like you said, like what you, the the gears uh, bundle is coming out or something. And then, uh, what else are they? What else was there? Halo. Oh, the ma- well, ma- Master Chief Collection. Like that's been a big thing yeah. for people. Like they like that. And 
There's like, a it was, Resident- like it was cool playing the the second Halo, Halo Two, the remastered remaster. One, yeah, because that had more content in it. More content, and it like it's just nice to go back to that game. But yeah. you have uh, Capcom is uh, remastering Resident Evil Two, and that looks really cool. We saw the footage at E3. It's supposed to come out in October. I'm super stoked about it. Yeah, I mean, I've been a really big Resident Evil fan, but. It looks good. It was kind of like, I remember it being super frustrated, but it was kind of the OG zombie thing for me game. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, So real quick. Real quick. Yeah. Another game I played just for one evening uh, with a friend is I played um, World at War Zombies, the first zombie, first Call of Duty Oh, taking it back, taking it way back. Yeah, where you're just in that one small building. And you've just got waves of zombies coming, Nazi zombies coming at you. That's right. I know they're supposed to be bringing zombies back on Black Ops. I want to say there's some kind of mode they're talking about. I don't remember yeah, what it's yeah, called. Yeah, well, I think it's the thing. That, yeah, it's going to be like, um, yeah, it's most more of the same, really. Just a horde horde system. Yeah. All right. So I've been playing. Uh, I got Forza. Did you get Forza Horizon Two when it was free on Games with Gold? I did. I do have it downloaded. I just haven't played it. Is because they were, it's going to, they're not going to be making it anymore. I guess like they have the, the games. This is the last Horizon game? No, no, not the last Horizon game, but Horizon 2. Like they're, they're it's going out of production. Like they're not going to be putting the game out anymore. But they're still going to make Forza and Hor- new Horizon games. But for Horizon 2 is is not going to be available for to buy anymore. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I guess, I mean, I'm sure you can still find it like eBay, GameStop, stuff like that. But it just seems weird. We're gonna stop selling this. Yeah, force yeah. you to buy the next. Well, one. I, yeah, that's well, that's what they want. Yeah. That's clever marketing. It is fun. It is really fun. Like it's not, you know, Forza is a very repetitive series, but I like the concept of an open world racing game. Well, because it's it's funny because it's kind of therapeutic because it's kind of like going for a drive without actually going right. For a drive. Right, you can just really just mess around. It's like. Playing like, do you remember like uh, like Grand Theft Auto or um, the Mercenary games? Remember the Mercenary games? Yeah, dude, I love those games. Where you could just go around and drive around and blow stuff up, all that. Dude, that was just right. like some of the or uh, what was that one? Italian job, no. classic. Love the Italian job. Just run, driving around the uh, oh, okay. the city in the Mini Coopers, just wrecking everything. No, what's the guy? Is there's a game? I can't remember what it's called. It's got the guy with the grappling hook. Uh, it's an open world game too. Oh, Just Cause. Just Cause. Yeah. That's another fun one. Yeah, I, I I like I like that idea, and I love the fact that your drive guitars are all out there. Like I yeah, would get cool out there, and yeah, like you, you, you. I'd have <laughs> your drive guitar, Joel or Brian's drive guitar, just come and just ram my car off the road or something, and we just have these head-on yeah. collisions. But I was going around telling Brian Kane that I went around and I was purposely trying to break all of his records because he was playing the game at the same time as me. Yes, I remember. Yes. And he's a uh, he's a perfectionist, so I could just see myself like. They'll see, oh, man, he got more of these signs than I did. I got to go and beat him. So every day I would try to, like, outdo him in something. Uh, bastard. <laughs> uh, other game I played, I told you I sat down and played a lot of Kingdom Hearts yesterday. Have you ever played these this was game never, series? I was never into a fan. I don't like it. I see. I thought you would like it because it was a little Final Fantasy. Well, it has characters from Final Fantasy. It's made by the the director of um, you know Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy. I don't know if it, he directed Final Fantasy VIII, but he's working on the Seven Remix right now. Yeah, and he, um, yeah. But anyways, like you have characters from Final Fantasy VIII in there, and Seven. You have Sids in there, and Squall. Uh, Cloud is in there, being Moody Cloud and yeah. stuff like that. You have uh, Aerith and uh, Tifa. But and you have the Moogles, of course. But I just, I honestly like 
the story is so incoherent. Like I still don't understand it. I know that the world like disappeared to darkness and people embrace the darkness in their hearts and they just, they turn into like heartless and the worlds fall apart, but it doesn't make any sense to me. And I think that this was, they made all the, they, it's cool being like a Final Fantasy-esque character and being able to go to all these different like Disney worlds. So you have like Neverland, the Olympus Coliseum, you have... Uh, now you've got Star Wars, Marvel. Star Wars, Marvel. Alien, yeah, Pirates, Predator, of, Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the new one has Pirates of the Caribbean in it, but it, it's cool like being Deadpool. a Final... Deadpool, jeez. You the, mentioned that game where you play as Deadpool going through all the Disney oh, verses. That would be intense. Oh it's man! Like super, I, like super. Adult. I honestly like. I don't think that would ever happen, but I love the idea of it. It was like a, like a super adult, uh, like Deadpool as yeah, like, like a rated yeah. M expansion. Yeah. <laughs> that would be rad. But no, the game just doesn't. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I bought the the pack that has like all six of the other ones in it. So I'm. I'll get to them eventually. But mm-hmm. I just. I. I'm trying to. I want to stay relevant with this series because I know a lot of people like it. So I'm kind of just forcing myself to play it, but. There you go. I'm not a huge fan. I don't like a yeah, lot of I was mechanics. Never, I was never a big fan. It feels very clunky, and like I don't like the gummy ships and stuff like that. So I don't know, man. Um, and also, I've been playing Elder Scrolls Skyrim, which we talked about. I've been playing it on the Switch. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. There's something about that. You played it on the Switch. Like The novelty of having it on the go is just I would not have ever played it again if unless I could experience it like that. Yeah, that's pretty like cool. That. You could be, just be hanging out. You're just like, I'm going to play some Skyrim. Right, or you'd be in the car, like yeah. you. I like because I can take plane. I can, yeah, I can take it to work with me, play it at lunch and stuff like that. And it's not a game that requires an internet hookup to play. No, no, so you could literally play it anywhere. And I love how Bethesda. It's an, adult, it's an adult Game Boy. Right, right, exactly. I honestly like. I'm, I'm thinking in the next two years we're gonna start seeing the DS be phased out. I thought the DS was already phased out. No, they're still making games for it. Get this. Really- Ubisoft is putting Just Dance out on the Wii U. Yeah, I think that the uh, the uh, it'll be. I'm pretty sure Xbox and and PlayStation will follow suit at some point. PlayStation did for a, a little bit. Actually, I think they did it first. The PSP, Vita. Well, Nintendo did it first with Game Boy and stuff like okay, that. Okay, yeah, but, yeah. but I'm talking about like console games. Yeah, like on a mobile platform. It's never been done well because remember Microsoft also tried to do it with the Windows Phone. That's true. Yeah, the Microsoft Glass or whatever. It's just it's never been done well. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure we'll start seeing more of that. The handheld gaming on the go will be an epidemic. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but I I love that Bethesda. Like, can you imagine kids sitting in class and whipping out their multiple whatever and playing like Call of Duty in the middle of class? It's going to cause so much problems. Well, do you see? Um, uh, Elder Scrolls Blades, you can play it in standard, um, just regular phone mode. So it looks like you're Googling something, but yeah. you're actually sitting there playing a game. Yeah. I love that. Love it. But I also love how Bethesda is supporting the Switch. Like by, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to start seeing a time when we see um, simultaneous releases across all consoles. Do you think VR is going to die or is it going to keep going? I don't know, man. Like Because I feel like it's... It has the potential to be awesome, but it doesn't feel like they're putting that much effort into it. Yeah, I, I know like there's... Big, big titles are, are not willing to commit. Right. Well, you have companies like Ubisoft, yeah. uh, you know, and they're a huge player. Like, can you but imagine like a, like a Rainbow Six Siege with a VR? That'd be, it's still the... I don't think 
that it has the ability. We don't have the tech to track movements yet, unless it's something like a full. I don't immer- care about turning my head, but if, can you imagine sitting there and being able to play with with a controller? But like, you're, it feels like you're in it. Like, like see, the pan, like the pan, your view. You don't turn your head, but you you could still turn it. But the that movement, would be cool. Does move. That would be cool. Because you're more like isolated inside these worlds you're playing you're in. You're not moving like you're. you're like, not. You see those idiots who fall. Yeah. See, and that's the thing with VR. I don't. I think until we're able to find a full, there's a full immersion kit, like yeah. something for your feet and your. You'd have to work on an omnidirectional like treadmill platform in order to be able to. Yeah, like to ready, where you're like standing on this thing, and yeah, you move and it moves with you. Like Ready Player One. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but can you imagine what that would cost? Oh, it costs a lot of money. You have to pay. I'm sure they do have that, and you can play pay thousands of dollars to play a, a simulation game or whatever. Yeah. But not really worth it. Right, right. I agree. I'm more man. of the whole. Yeah, you put these goggles on, and it feels like you're in, like you first person. It literally feels like you are first person, but your body isn't the controller. It goes back to the concept of the motion gaming. Remember how excited everyone was about that at first, and then the it connect. just got over it. Yeah. You know, yeah. the connect, and we just kind of got. Over yeah, it was it. cool at first, and it's it's fun. It's a fun if you have a large group of people that you're that are bored and want to sweat and play a game. Yeah, but yeah, it was fun for a minute. It was, it was. It, like, it, I remember there was a fighting game for the connect, and it, it you would sweat, and it was uh, it was fun for like a few weeks, and then I was just like, I don't want to spend this much energy playing a game. There's there's some novelty to it. There is. This episode is brought to you by Vitabrace, high-performance gamer wristbands by Miracle Fruit Oil. Big Dog, you and I play a lot of video games. Yes, we do. You ever find yourself in positions where your, your hands get cramped and you just you, you need a break, you got to get up? Yes. Okay, well, it just so happens that Miracle Fruit Oil, they made these bracelets right here. And what it's supposed to do is increase circulation in your wrist, makes you less tired, less fatigued, less sore and stiff. Uh, it's... It's supposed to give you more endurance, grip, strength, range of motion, uh, mobility, stability, better manual dexterity, coordination, and precision movements. I've been playing a lot of Kingdom Hearts, and it has helped. It has made it so, because, you know, I spent a lot of time working on computers, doing video games, stuff like that. It does help. You know, it kind of eases uh, eases the pain a little bit, or I feel it less, I mean, when I do it without it. You don't really notice until you take the bracelet off. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, Vitabrace is powered by nature. It contains miracle fruit seed oil, a rare and natural oil that comes from the seed of the healthy miracle fruit berry. The wristband is capable of delivering the oil to your wrist for four to six months of daily use. The combination of compression, uh, occlusion, and unique oil provides several benefits. If you're interested in getting your own Miracle Fruit Vitabrace wristband, visit their website today www.miraclefruitoil.com and use promo code MEDIA10 at checkout for $10 off your next purchase. All right, Big Dog, you know what time it is? No. It's time for the news, man. <sighs> the news. Oh, good. We have four things on the list. First one... Uh, this is thanks to the voice is correct. First one. This is thanks to the good people over at Polygon.com. This is written by Owen S. Good. And his uh, headline reads this fighting game tournament expands and changes security in light of Jacksonville shooting. Uh, the SoCal Regionals fighting game tournament has introduced and now altered new security measures for, for an event next weekend in response to the mass shooting at the Madden NFL tournament in Florida on shooting. Just say shooting. August 26th. At first, tournament organizer Level Up announced that all fight sticks will be thoroughly inspected, meaning that competitors would have to open their sticks even if they meant unscrewing their case. Metal detectors, both handheld and walkthrough, would also be in use, enough that managers suggested everyone arrive 
one to two hours before their events uh, began to allow for the long security lines. Though some in the fighting game community supported the enhanced security measures, others on social media criticized them as onerous, uh, time-consuming, and an overreaction. Some worried that opening a fight stick for inspection could violate its warranty. Uh, Kotaku first reported on the SoCal regional security response in a story published Friday. What's a fight stick? uh, For fighting games. They use them like the arcade sticks. What do you mean you have to open them up? Well, because players have their own custom uh, joysticks that they bring with them when they do these fighting game tournaments. Later that day, Level Up announced a revision. Only fight sticks that could be opened easily with a switch or a button, the Razor Pantera is an example, would be open for inspection. Other equipment will be visually inspected. Anything that raises suspicion will have to be opened by its owner before they can enter. Why wouldn't you just use an x-ray thing? Yeah. At the airport? Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to... simple. I'm not going to... Uh, here's. I'll read the last paragraph here. Level Up also provided cost estimates for the increased security, showing expenses of around $10,000 for two police officers to work security at an x-ray machine rental. Level Up proposed a number of ways to defray these extra costs, including using money from from prize pools and higher-level sponsored tournaments, increased registration and attendance costs for competitors and spectators, or even crowdfunding. So how do you feel about this, man? You obviously read about the shooting in Florida. It was a guy who had actually won the uh, tournament a couple couple years previously, and yeah. he, was, he was in the tournament. Yeah. So how do you... What do you think about this? Do you think it gives gaming a bad name, or... Because I know, like, they're saying E3 is going to have beefed up security now and Comic-Con and stuff like that. Well, so. you knew it was going to happen. That's with most sports. I mean, name me a sport or event where their security isn't a big deal. I mean, it's just because gaming events are the new thing that people haven't really taken it seriously. The uh, The Olympic Committee actually came out and said that, you know, I don't know if they were already planning this, but, you know, this came out in light of the Florida thing where they're saying that, Violent video games where you're trying to sh- kill, shoot and kill other people will ne- never be allowed in the Olympics. So that's weird because it takes things like Overwatch out and uh, you know Call of Duty and the, these big uh, Unreal tournament. Then, and these uh, games then people not, then I would just not do it. Right, right. So they would stick to uh, sporting games. Sporting games. So and stuff why like would you that. do that? Fighting when we games. have those sports in the Olympics. Why would we play a game to watch a sport that they actually play? Right, right. And I think it kind of kills the legitimacy that uh, esports is trying to reach. By you can be legitimate, meeting, but I don't know why Olympics. being in the Olympics would give you the legitimate football. American football isn't in the Olympics, and it's a legitimate sport. Yeah. I don't know why you feel the need to be in the Olympic Committee. I mean, you can have international gaming Olympics. You could just call it the Gaming Olympics or whatever you want to call it. Re, the you know global round robin, I don't know, red robin or whatever. Well, we have for the first time we have companies like ESPN, Disney, like taking chances on investing money yeah, into like showing these things. Yeah, and stuff right. Like that, which is cool. Which is uh, super valid. It validates the the sport and the and the gaming industry. So I don't know why they put too much stock on the Olympics. Um, no, it's definitely going to keep going. You're not going to stop it. Just the, uh, the shooting isn't going to stop it. It's just going to make people take it more seriously, actually, now. Good, and they'll be more aware. They'll but be more aware, yeah. Okay, so you have to... I mean, not good that the shooting happened. Don't misquote me on that, but yeah, it, it just... I don't know. The whole, like, league, like, inspecting the things needs to be... Like, I'm down for the x-ray. Like, voiding warranties is a legitimate thing. Right. I mean, Especially gaming equipment's or not if they cheap. Have, or if someone releases a professional gaming um, controller or piece of equipment that it should be still valid if you take it apart or should be manufactured to take apart now easily to check it and inspect it out 
like you said, like the razor does. Well, I wonder if in light of that, there are these companies razor, they're going to start making them easier to access so that they 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 can try because if not, then their business is going to die. But let me ask you this question. We'll end this one with this. Do you think that it's right that they take, um, money out of the prize pool to pay for this increased security. Okay, well, let me say this. Would you, I mean, it's, it's all like sacrifice. So you sacrifice a little now to make the industry bigger and then in the future have bigger well, pop, pop prizes. What's, and, I might be badly misquoting Benjamin Franklin here, but he says that, what was that quote where he talks about people sacrificing freedom or, or freedom for security? You're not sacrificing your freedom. You're, and you're not, but you're you're sacrificing a little bit of your the cash that you could potentially win no, playing a game, right? But to, it's a, it's the same concept though. You're sacrificing something. You you want to be, but it's not. You're not sacrificing but there's an end, things. But there's an end result. You're gonna. It's gonna be better. It's not like it's taking away from your ability to play the game. Right, and you're not really the gamers aren't sacrificing anything. It's no, the, it's, it's the, the companies the, forcing they, the they put the the tournaments on that the producers, the game developers, the, you know, everybody should shell into it. Right, because you already get taxed on any prize money you win or lottery yeah, money or whatever with, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, story number two also comes from Polygon, and what do you know? It's also written by Owen S. Good. Sea of Thieves Devil's Roar expansion boils the ocean next week. So this wasn't one of the ones that we talked about here. Let me read the thing real quick. Yeah, I didn't even know it was coming out. Uh, sea of Thieves next expansion, Forsaken Shores, will launch on September 19th for uh, Windows PC and Xbox One. Rare announced the launch date with the trailer showing a look at the game's deadly new region, the seething volcanic Devil's Roar. The Lonely Survivor's dramatic sea shanty tells of a volatile and deadly land of fire and the doom of the sailors who visited it. Visually, the trailer shows off some details players may expect when the expansion arrives. Those glowing charms, armor pieces, and ship ornamentation seem to be a new style. Face paint on the pirates would suggest that being that's being added as another customization option. Rowboats are also being introduced good <laughs> with good. the expansion as a means of getting to or leaving shore. Apparently, they're necessary because the volcanoes, volcanoes eruptions boil the nearby sea. And the special guest star, the crab, scuttles onto the scene at the end. Crabby starred in trailers for the Hungering Deep Curse Sales, so maybe he or she is here only for prosperity's sake. Maybe the crab finally shows up in the game. Uh, that's it. So, I know we dabbled in Sea of Thieves a little bit. Is this enough to make you go back to it? A new area, a new sure. uh, lifeboats? I would be down to get on there and play yeah. it. I didn't. I never did the last. I finished the last one. Yeah, we we should do that. We should play. I know we only played because Brian with Brian Kane, but I'm down. We can get a schooner, or whatever it is, and get out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. I, so you missed the um, what was it? The curse sales one where we were, we got out there and it took us. You know the the they're big community events. The the ghost boats coming up yes. and they once yeah, they appear, they, they keep coming back. They keep coming back. So you have to like you sink the ship, you jump in the water, get their treasure, or you can jump on their but boat. Didn't you say there were people trolling that too? Oh, for sure. Yeah, they were trolling you. Um, they get out there and like once you got the treasure, the other boats would come after you, while the ghost boats also coming after them, and yeah. it's just a big thing. So what I was doing was uh, we'd go by and. Uh, Brian Kane would shoot himself onto the boat and then we he would grab the chest and jump back onto our boat and then he would just keep on doing that. But uh, sometimes when we're trying to fire each other out of the cannons, we'd miss and end up on an enemy boat. Oh, sh- <laughs> but 
No, I liked how it because this was the first time we experimented with the uh, the alliance mechanic. Oh, okay. So like you can form alliance. Uh, go, you just go up to your flag and you can form alliances with other boats and stuff. So uh. that way, when when you get a treasure, they get a treasure and they sell it. You get some of the profit from it. Gotcha. Yeah, that is cool. That's that's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like like uh, like a guild system would be kind of pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Something like I think there needs to be more motive in these games for people I not think to screw get each there. other they're over. Just, you know, they started out with a small idea and they're gonna develop it as they hear the feedback, which is a cool yeah. idea. I just I want a progression system. I want a story. If yeah, see if these yeah, two yeah. comes I out, level like level up my get pick character. Yeah, equipment, I want a boat. reason to play. Yes, and we don't have that in these games. Uh, next story comes from Kotaku, uh, and it's called A Fan is Fact-Checking the Assassin's Creed Games, and it's written by Cameron Kunzelman. I might be pronouncing that wrong. It's a long article, so I'm only going to read the first uh, little uh, right. blip of it. An industrious fan with a lot of time on their hands, obviously, is going through the Assassin's Creed games and fact-checking the events that take place in them. It makes for good reading. In Reddit, threads about Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed 2, and Assassin's Creed Unity User uh, Vestigial Llama 4 has gone through the major events of these AC games and pointed out where they do and do not diverge from generally agreed upon historical fact. Crucially, this fact checking is performed via Ubisoft's own rules as the user writes in the header for the threads. Is, I think there's a quote right here. I'm going to try and avoid being pedantic. I'm going to be fair. If I think, if I think or judge that the games are fair, I'm going to do it by using Ubisoft's own rules. One, the 30-second Wikipedia rule that desolates uh, that desolates slash Jade Raymond and others talked about, if something can be checked in 30 seconds, can be verified, then AC will stick to the facts. But anything beyond that, they will change. If the game uh, games provide a truer and more accurate picture than most famous pop culture view, for instance, if you are making a game about pirates, you have to uh, be more accurate than Johnny Depp movies. That's a simple low bar. I'm also going to be fair in identifying what I think people's familiar idea of a period is at the start of each game so that people know that my what my standards are. Um, the 30-second rule we just went over, it takes less than 30 seconds to find it on Wikipedia, yeah. then it should be truth, uh, Desolates explains. If it takes you three weeks in the old books in Oxford, then who cares? All right, so how do you feel about this? Is historical accuracy... I know my brother is huge, and he's about to start his own podcast called Gaming and History, but I am... I'm I'm okay with it not being historically okay, accurate. Okay, see the thing is, is that it's not a it's not a period piece. It is a fantasy piece. There's no such thing as a piece of Eden in history, right? So you can kind of make up the every, Leonardo da Vinci never made a hidden blade. I mean, in, it, it yeah yeah it it includes events in history in a certain time period, but it's not a period piece. I agree, and it's not like you know you have people but I, like. But I, a, do, I love the meme where it's like I learned more about history from Assassin's Creed games than I did in school. Right, which is which is funny. I mean, you do learn a lot of stuff. Well, and, a lot of like even modern history teachers are very ranty, and all yeah, their rants revolve around their point of view. Yeah, this allows you to form your own point of view with Assassin's. Yeah, yeah, and with Assassin's Creed, the big thing is to me when I see something in the game and I'm curious about it, I'll like Google it, I'll Google it and I'll yeah. actually go and research it. The same thing with like, go- I'll fact check it. I mean, I'll do it. If I think that I'm like, I wonder if that really happened that way. And then you'd Google it. Or, yeah. And it's, you know. it's not for me to disprove the game. It's more because it, I want to know it may be interested. And that's where I think like, it's cool or history. I think and education and video games cross together. Like in origins, they have that natural history museum mode for mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed origins where you can just kind of run around, learn about the different stuff. Yeah. No, I think that gaming is a great way to segue history and science and all kind and well any subject really in 
it's a great way to get people involved or to notice things about a subject that they may or may not care about. Yeah. Like no one likes to do math, but you know, all these games have these math based puzzles in them and you know, so it forces you to try to figure it out. Right. Right. And well, the, and then like history and science, like, you know, uh, like say like in, uh, not really science per se, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, like in Skyrim or all these other games where you mix ingredients to make other new things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Alchemy. Alchemy. Like um, even with, uh, like a game like Devil May Cry, for example, like they are the first people to like use, I want to say they're the first people to use like a Nephilim or Elohim or whatever in a video game. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me interested in like opening up the Bible to see what, it, what these, what it actually says about these, these beings in the Bible yeah. or go on the internet and like kind of get into that whole debate. It's a very interesting. We'll talk about it sometime. Not on here though. Um, all right, cool. So our last uh, last piece of news comes from IGN, and this is written by... Sorry, we're loading here. Should have had this ready, man. My bad. No worries. Um, Laura Prudhomme, Netflix's The Witcher, cast Henry Cavill as Geralt. Uh, Henry Cavill has been cast to star in Netflix's adaptation of The Witcher as lead character character Geralt of Rivia the streaming giant has announced the series is based on the best-selling fantasy novels by Andre Andreza I'm just gonna say Andre Sapkowski according to Netflix the Witcher is described as an epic tale of fate and family Geralt of Rivia solitary monster hunter struggles to find his place in a world where people often prove more wicked than beasts but when destiny hurls him toward a powerful sorceress and a young princess with a dangerous secret the three must learn to navigate the increasingly volatile continent together uh, Cavill first publicly expressed his interest in the role of Geralt in Netflix's um, Witcher adaptation in an interview with IGN. They're pretty humble about it. All right, let me ask you this. H- how do you feel about this? You're the, you've are the you played more Witcher games than I have. I kind of just dabbled in the last one, never finished it. But how do you feel about this? Oh, I'm excited. I mean, I mean uh, there have been a couple like uh, fan movies and I think uh, maybe like a show or TV show, but it was uh, a Polish TV show. I saw that, and it was uh, it was supposed to be a thirteen episode series, but then they decided to crunch it all together into a movie. Yes, and then they released it the all thirteen episodes like a year later, but it was still pretty bad. Still left a pretty bad just, taste just, in people's mouth. It was just a low budget, bad acting. I mean, it was just low. It was like a fan film. Did you watch it? No, I watched okay. parts of it. Yeah, but yeah, just a, it just was a fan film. It was just a big a bigger budget fan film. But uh, I think with Netflix behind, was it, it like Solomon Kane? A little bit. Okay. It was kind of. It kind of reminds you of a little bit of Solomon Kane, a little bit of uh, like the Clint Eastwood movies where he just wanders. He's the wanderer with a gun. Yeah. He just wanders around, um, doing stuff. Uh, but it was. It, it's it. It's a good story. It's a good universe. Uh, the games were great. Story was really good. Lots of diverse and in depth characters. I'm excited uh, to see to see what. Um, what Netflix will do with it because Netflix usually does pretty good stuff. So, right. I mean, if they stay moderately close to the game or books, I think it'll do really well. How do you feel about Henry Cavill playing the part? Oh, I dig it. Yeah. 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 I honestly like, I, you know, he's, like, a, he's a legit action star and he, but he also knows how to act. He does. And like we were talking about, um, we were talking about this earlier when we were grabbing food was that he, DC has kind of screwed him in his contracts. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, they're yeah, like yeah. putting Man of Steel 2 aside so that they can make a Supergirl movie, but they want him to be in the Supergirl movie. And it's all very just like they have not treated him very well. Well, you know how Disney is. You know, 
they want you to do everything on their schedule. Well, this is Warner Brothers, yeah. yeah. Okay, with Warner Brothers, okay. Uh, But, like, I feel like Netflix is more of the cooler... And Netflix can tell stories that they want to tell. They're more willing to to risk things. Like they got some weird crap on Netflix. They don't have to worry about appealing to the general. They're not. They're not really in the business. They're in the business of making money, but they um, they won't make a rated R movie PG thirteen and dumb it all down just to get more more people in the seats. Right. If you want to take a chance on something, they'll they'll do it. Like they're willing to find out what happens. And, and with something like Stranger Things. Like the concept was, if you would, if I would have read that in concept form, I'd be like, "There's no, like, it sounds cool, it but there's stupid. no, there's no way it's gonna catch with mass audiences." And look what happened. Oh, huge, huge pop culture. Same uh, thing. Altered Carbon books book sales oh, skyrocketed dude, so, after so, that show so came bad. out. A lot of they have, they have a great, a ton of great original content. Yeah. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little, I uh, like worried how it's gonna end up when Disney pulls all their stuff. Like, yeah, like all the Marvel stuff. But Netflix actually has the biggest production studio in existence. So uh-huh. allegedly, yeah, I don't know if that's like physically or capital wise, but maybe capital wise. I don't m- know about physically. Maybe, uh, I maybe they'll be fine. You know, when Disney pulls their media from there, I just think they'll just up their game. Yeah, it'll just force them to crank out better, more original content. Like Bright, that was such a good movie. Underrated. Underrated. It's supposed to be another one coming out. Uh, yes. did, did you see like uh, Netflix? I love their idea of you taking. The, you ever watch the Ozarks? I have not watched yet. I've been so, meaning to. Peaky um, Blinders. That's not. That's not really Peaky a, Blinders. A Netflix show, but yeah. But they have. Um, Netflix is doing something clever where they're like taking animes or they're taking like foreign shows and movies I, and yeah. creating them as I also American. Like how, um, Netflix and all these streaming sites. Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu. I don't know about not so much Hulu. But Netflix and Amazon Prime, they'll save shows or films that studios have deemed yeah. not worthy, I guess. Like uh they're not afraid to keep to to take chances on on unlabeled failed projects, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. But uh Oh yeah, yeah. And that, like buying yeah, like buying the properties from from other from studios. Lucifer like, and Lucifer things like that. Lucifer or um they did what was the one I really like? The Expanse. The Expanse. Netflix, Amazon Prime picked that up. And they're more free to do things with it that I think yeah, would appeal be like to jumping, more audiences. Getting off, getting off of regular TV onto the streaming stuff is a super... Because just it opens up your options. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody talks about, oh, now you can do nudity. But it's not just nudity. You can be, you know, violent. You could just... You could do whatever you want. Like I said, you're not trying to cater to a certain demographic. I mean, you are, but you're not worried about ratings. Right. You could say. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hear you, man, and good for them. Like I'm excited to see what comes with this because if I I like how these big streaming companies are taking interest in fantasy series. Like again. I'm I'm legit excited because I think it'll open up a lot more gaming movie mo- movies that are developed from games and legitimate adaptations. With legitimate so, actors, not, like, legitimate you don't have story. to worry. Yeah, it's, yeah, not, it's gonna be it's gonna have like legit production value. Well produced, well written. You have the freedom to dive into the thing, all the things that make the games great. Yeah, and like, and if you turn into a series, you don't got to worry about leaving stuff out or right. something like that. Well, that was my beef with Tomb Raider, though, is the fact that you had all this stuff that made the game great, but they took it out and dumped do it down. Do you think that if for, they made it on a stream, Amazon Prime or Netflix did it, do you think that would have been more of what you thought it was? Oh be? heck yeah, and it would have been awesome, and people would have loved it because uh. the big thing to me with the game was that. Not only do you have this cool action adventure game, but it was demented in some facts, oh, like because yeah, yeah, you didn't yeah. expect some of this stuff or to happen. Or it delves into like, like topics that are not PC. Like it's like like 
like like human sacrifice kind of in certain shows and stuff. Right. Like, that's right. something you can't show on regular TV and and in certain movies unless you want to unless you're fine with the the R rating and the people not watching it, I guess. Yeah. But uh but I feel like like what's what they did with the the new Venom movie coming out is that they were more trying to cater it to those to the people get more people to watch it. That's why they dumbed it down to PG thirteen. I still don't think it needed to happen. Not the not the rating, but just the movie in general. I would have loved to see Venom in the MCU in some way, like legitimately. So you would have been okay if he was in a Spider Man movie, but not a standalone. If it was made by Marvel, well, it is made by Marvel. No, it's made by Sony through Marvel, right? Well, they own the right, the Spider-Man rights. Sony owns them. Spider-Man is pretty much on loan to Marvel from Sony, or they have like a joint uh, contract going for them. All right. I don't know. I'm going to wait to pass judgment on it, but I think it, I think Venom could have been way better on Netflix. Yeah, as a series. Oh, I agree. I agree. Or no, just a, or just a standalone movie. Yeah. It would have been fine. Because, I mean, even look at like the things that make Daredevil so great is that it's such a gritty show. It's gritty and brutal. Yeah. Like I don't know if you, I don't think the studios be f- okay with showing that much violence in a movie or a TV show on TV. Oh no, no way. Yeah, yeah, and that's why these streaming services will always outdo. Are I think the future of you know shows serialized storytelling is on streaming services and not on TV. Yeah, or yeah. like uh, I guess you get paid cable like networks like uh, HBO and HBO. See, Cinematics that's another thing. Yeah. But I know, like USA and Sci-Fi, trying to keep you know, they're trying to television push, alive. They're trying to push the boundaries. Chucky and The Purge and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, they're trying but. to push the boundaries on what's acceptable on American TV. But I, they just don't have the freedom of the Netflix. I mean, yeah. Do you think the? Do you think that? Because I, I haven't really actually. Do you think there are people that protest? Because I know there's like those people who like sense the moms against violent TV. Do you think there's those that try to protest Netflix and those kinds of shows? Oh, there. Yeah, I just saw one the other day. Like there's um something in. Uh, but see, I, you know what's funny is you have to pay for that service. How yeah, you pro- some, protest something. That just you don't pay subscribe for? to it. Just well, don't you know, to you it. know how people get like when they want to protest something, like they want to get oh, everybody yeah. involved in their protest. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten-free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, Head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. Pop Culture Cosmos listeners, act now and get 15% off your order just by entering the promo code POD1, that's P-O-D and the number one at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. Big dog, I got a topic for us to discuss here. All right, hit it. Gaming, okay. Never talk about gaming. Never talk. Never about talk it. about video games ever. This is the first time we're the first podcast to ever talk about video games. I have been playing a buttload of Kingdom Hearts, like I was telling you yesterday. I kind of took the day and played some video games, watched some Iron Fist, did a little bit of reading, but mostly played Kingdom Hearts. Okay. More on that later. Um. So I was just curious, over the summer, 
What is the best game that your favorite game you played over the summer? And what games are you looking forward to coming out in the fall? Because it's kind of gaming season starts in actually September. It already started with the release of Spider-Man on the PS4. And all these games are coming out within the months of September and the early weeks of October because they don't want to be put out anywhere near the release date of Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, which is one of the which of one of the movies I'm most excited about uh, this uh, fall. Uh, but over this, my favorite game over the summer, I'd have to say over the summer, the most I got most enjoyed. I think it was playing Sea of Thieves. That was fun. That was. It we was, got a lot of. It was a lot of experience. It was a lot of fun. I wish that I do want to go back and play the new expansions. Yeah, I'm no, I'm down. Uh, it was it was it was fun. Uh, I did like Far Cry Five. That was also fun. It was a, a good sandbox uh, third person shoot or first person shooter. Right. Um, had a, had a had an interesting story. In, uh, they went with it. Um, but games looking forward to uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, what else is coming out? Fallout. Oh, Battlefield Five. Battlefield Five. Okay. So how do you feel about Battlefield Five and the fact that? A lot of people are saying, "Oh, they're appealing to the PC crowd by having like a female protagonist and stuff like that." Are, do, in, are you in a Battlefield game? Yeah. Do you care about that at all? I don't care at all. Good, because it looks good. Like she, she, like I see the it's trailers. It's a first-person like, shooter. If you don't like being a chick, mute the TV. She looks like a character that I would be interested in playing because yeah. the, the trailers looked cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. It looks good. It has. It's got. It looks like it has a good story. Um, the graphics look really good. Yeah. Uh, it's. Probably more hyped about this than I was about Call of Duty World War Two, even though Call of Duty's were the more World War Two. Oh yeah, play. that was um, that was the last one to come out. Yeah, right? it was World yeah. War Two. Yeah, and that had Which a bunch is really of con- just Call of Duty's one through four. Right. Yeah, and like they that had a bunch of controversy surrounding it with uh, not there weren't a lot of like black soldiers in that one, but in it, what Call of Duty World um, World, World War Two? Oh, okay. But the thing was, like, if you know your history, like, they weren't exactly treated that well back no, then. No, and so. then they were, they had their own companies. They had, like, whole companies of African-Americans. Right, right. I mean, you know, not that they weren't there. What was that? Um, remember the the Spike, was it Spike Lee movie, that uh, Miracle at St. Anna? Maybe. I don't remember. It was about that group of African-American soldiers who, kind of their own squad, but they didn't get treated very well. It is a, yeah, it's a cool it's movie. But, accurate. Um yeah, I, I'm excited to play Battlefield. I love the fact that in their advertising, they're still rubbing it in everyone's face that they have a oh, or an going Activision to, going, space. going hard on battle, on uh, Call of Duty Call of because Duty. they still have a single player mode. Yeah, yeah. It's like he goes, it's like it's just like Call of Duty, except we it's better because we have single player. Right, right. But uh, no, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I always liked the Battlefield multiplayer better than the Call of Duty because it was just more. Because I was always been to like to like Halo, so. With vehicles and, and and you know added elements, which I which Call of Duty doesn't have, but Battlefield does. It's got tanks, jeeps, planes now, zeppelins, trains, boats, you name it. It just adds. It just makes it better, right? Like yeah. You, like I feel like you won't get. You wouldn't get as burnt out on Battlefield multiplayer than you would on Call of Duty. I was again. like like Battlefield is more. L- like everybody has a role. Like there's medics. Yeah, like you, like you, like but it's it also seems more fair to me though. Like you don't yeah. have like you don't have a bunch of people like spawn. You have less dicks on Battlefield Five than you well, do in Call of Duty. They figured it out because your spawn points is you parachuting in. You can literally 
guide where you end up. Yeah. So there's no, you know, and there's that's no, a, there's no spawn point. Right. And that's, you can the, actually spawn on your player, your players that are still alive. Yeah. And that's a good thing. You know, I will give Fortnite the fact that they have people jumping into battle instead of having spawn points because you can't spawn kill over the years. Yeah. That has become a huge issue is camping and spawn killing. Yeah. I mean, if you're super good and you can shoot people dropping out of the sky, I mean, that's good, good, for, good you, for you. But, yeah. But it's not like where anybody asshole can stand there with a shotgun and wait for you to jump back in and blow your way. Yeah. Cause you have games like call of duty and, um, not, I don't want just call of duty really has cultivated this troll culture. And- uh, Rainbow Six Siege. Rainbow Six Siege. Because remember, we faced a similar challenge in Sea of Thieves, which we talked yeah. about on a previous episode, where people were... Because uh, you spawn on the same You spawn on the same points time. in the boat, and they're sitting there killing you, and they wouldn't let us reset because they kept fixing our boat. Yeah, so yeah, I, I don't like the whole fixed spawn point. Halo used to do that, too. Yeah. The fixed spawn point. Um, but uh, I definitely dig the hole where you can either spawn on a, a, a current player on your team... Right. Or you can jump into the battle zone like via like parachute or whatever, and you can like drop down to wherever you want. Yeah, which is which is I think is the best option. Uh, but it, it, would, it would be cool if you could like you're parachuting in, but you see another guy on the other team parachuting, and you could try to shoot each other while you're in, while you're in the parachute, down. or you can you can float by him and cut the strings <laughs> yeah, to his parachute. Yeah, yeah. That'd be fun. But yeah, no, I definitely like the the way that they do it versus Call of Duty and stuff. And Battlefield has always had, uh, as far as their storytelling goes, they've always had pretty good campaigns you know they're memorable yeah. as opposed to like call of duty like call okay call of duty like one through five the up to the first modern warfare had really good stories to them yeah like i really enjoyed the first uh modern warfare game remember with like where you're on that boat and like the entire dialogue is from the yes. aliens see that is really good they don't do that anymore well i don't know if it's because they switch between they like uh you know, they have uh, Infinity Ward makes one, Treyarch makes the other. Like, they switch back well, and forth between... they didn't switch. They stopped working with, I think, Treyarch. Okay. And so I think it's Infinity Ward now. Um, but, like, yeah, like, that. it was, like... Like, remember, like, the end where it's at the end of the game, spoiler alert, where the general turns on you and he's fighting... You're, he, like, stabs you and you're laying on the ground and you have to pull the knife out of yourself and then try to sh- throw it and hit the general or whatever. Yeah. Or the sniper mission. Where you have to hit the dude in the track suit from like a mile away, straight up uh, behind enemy lines. Behind enemy yeah. lines, yeah. Uh, like you, you don't get that in these new games, right? And uh, the one newer game that I thought had a pretty decent or interesting story was the one um, where it was it was Call of Duty, but it was in the future. It was where Kit uh, Kit Harrington is uh, from Mars, I think it is. Is that Advanced Warfare? I think it's Advanced Warfare. Okay. Like that had a really interesting story to it, but Call of Duty Call of Duty fans didn't like it because it wasn't uh, shoot em, shoot them up as much as they thought wanted it to be. Right. Like, um, I don't know why they it, it. We went from World War Two to this modern stuff, and then we can't get off the modern stuff. Like we can't progress or anything like that. Yeah, because well, much like Assassin's Creed, there are other time periods that are worth exploring. Yeah. Like, I thought it was really cool when Call of Duty did the, the what was it, the one where you're in the Vietnam War. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, where that was the one where uh, Gary Oldman plays the the Russian dude. Right, right, yeah. that was, Yes. Where you're like a, like a spook and you, they, like, your mind, your brain scrambled. And you think he's been with you the whole time, but he hasn't. Ooh, ooh. You don't remember that? No. Oh, yeah. Where, the, remember, your, your character's voiced by your favorite... Uh, Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. Ah, yes. 
I just watched him in that movie Titan on Netflix. Is that good? Any good? It's a decent story, and it's 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 a cool concept, but not. not it could have been way better written, but it's a interesting concept of forced forced evolution. You just gotta stay in those creature features, you know, Avatar. It's not so much a creature feature. I mean, it is a little bit. It's more about the the lengths that humanity's willing to go to survive. It's a good point. I mean, I, I think that's kind of check it out. But yeah, okay. it's, it's interesting. Um, all right, so one but more gaming, but gaming. Back I, to I do want to ask you about Fallout seventy six. Uh, how do you? Oh yeah, I feel like this is like the trolls' ultimate dream game because you you have to build stuff. Like I don't. That's the one thing I didn't like about Fallout four is the fact that you were forced to craft things and you had it was always under attack by people. Oh, the settlements. Mm-hmm. I dug the settlement thing though. Did you? I dug it. I liked it. Oh, because it, it makes you feel like you're you're. You're not just going from quest to quest. You get a thing saying, "Oh, you have to go there and save them." I mean, I thought that was I thought that was a pretty cool thing where you had to go save this place. You spent all this time and money in. Yeah, it made you value it. It made you think about how am I going to build this to where, you know, if it doesn't get attacked, it won't get all messed up or whatever. Like it made you care about the places and the characters that were there. Yeah, it, in in Fallout seventy six, so like you you kind of you create your own bases, like you build with your friends and stuff, but like. I'm hoping that there's a way to shut off whether or not other people can jump in your game. Yeah. Because remember we were doing that in the original Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, Yeah, and we'd always be like... We didn't build anything, but you constantly were trolling other groups of people trying to do quests. Like you'd kill the quest provider before they could talk to him and stuff, and they'd have to wait for him to respond. Right, or like we'd be doing missions or whatever, and all of a sudden there's this giant gang of like horse riders coming down the ridge trying to kill us. Which it, it actually made for fun gaming... Right. But frustrating if you're trying to actually do like progress. This goes back to our earlier conversation. If you want to play a game by yourself, you should be able to. Yeah, yeah. But so, uh, you know, I'm I'm definitely down for the jumping into people's games. But so far, so long as it's more of like, I want uh, I want like them, Borderlands or yeah. Far Cry where you can co-op jump into people's games and leave. But even in Borderlands, I like the idea of like you have to shoot somebody and then they have to accept the invite to have you be like a You mean like a, it's like a P- more of more of an MMO like PVP area where you have, yeah, you have to right. accept the you duel. You have to they accept the duel. Yes, there are certain areas where if you go you are free game. Right. But it, for most of the most of the game, I think if you're in like be, a settlement or it should, something it should like, be like if you did like a, like the Red Dead, like if another player wanted to challenge you to a quick draw duel, yeah, that would be a cool idea. To right, jump into the game and do yeah. that kind of. Or you could play, you could sit down and play other player playing poker, and if you think someone's cheating, you could try to shoot them, and they could try. To, and if you don't, they'll kill you, and kind of that kind of a thing. Yes, that's, that's a cool that's concept it. of yep. jumping into games. Yeah, but this whole like where you can jump in and just, tr- I'm not down with that. Yeah, same, same. Uh, for me, uh, the best game I played over the summer is actually Wolfenstein Two. Oh yes, he played a lot, a lot, and it's it's fun. It's brutal. It's hard. Like the story's good, but it's like one of those stories where, you know, like a movie that you only want to watch once, but you still come out of the theater going, "That was a pretty decent flick," but you'd only watch it once. Yes, there's been several of those. Like, I can't think of any of the time, but like many Daniel Day Lewis films for me. Uh, Last of the Mohicans, I will watch multiple times, but I'll anything watch else that, he's been in, and I'll watch Gangs of New York. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis films. I'd have to go back. Through. Like, but, yeah, but there's a lot of like like critically acclaimed movies that you could only ha- you only need to see once. Yeah, like the movie Titanic. 
I really have no interest in ever watching that again. Right, right. I'm glad I watched it. Glad, glad I, I watched could be it. But or part like, of the jokes like, about Jack on the door. But I didn't. I didn't think it was actually a very good movie. But I thought the acting in it was superb. But uh, as a whole, a shitty movie. Yeah. Was the Revenant? With DiCaprio. Oh, okay. I I keep thinking about watching that. Is that not worth? It's worth it because it's such a good and it's a gritty graphic movie and and stuff like yeah. that. But it's oh. First fifteen minutes, there's a there's some action, there's a bunch of killing, there's fighting with Indians or whatever, and then there's a whole two hours of these fuckers just trudging through the forest and the snow, trying to survive frostbite, bears, and all this other stuff. To a little bit of action at the end, where he's trying to get revenge. Yeah, and it was just it just felt like a huge waste of time, like just whole periods of the movie where there's music and no dialogue. It's just him walking. So it's an artsy film. It's an artsy film. Mm. Uh, games I'm looking forward to Forza Horizon 4 I would love if we all played that because instead of having your drive avatars on the map they're actual people so we can all like road trip places together and like. but I like the idea that if we're not all online you could still kind of play with the other, your friends yeah, yeah I don't know if like the drive avatars are gone completely but I know a majority like a, in the trailers and well, footage well it's more of an open world game now it's yeah. not a set track yeah, so in a lot of like the footage we saw at E three and stuff, it was a bunch of people. Like, can you imagine? They're just, real people. Can you on imagine there. like you're you're playing on Forza Horizons, driving on this coastal road, and a cliff right into you, right? And it's one of us. That would be and it's our hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, so that looks fun. I'd be down if you guys all played it. I do. Yeah. Like you said, I want to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Not much to say there. Uh, you know, they got the new uh, progression system, and you can choose. I'm definitely your excited about the dialogue options and the progression. Do, do you like the concept of being a uh, relative or a related somehow to Leonidas? Oh, so you're like somewhat like loosely you're, loosely you're related to a you're historical descended. character? Yeah, you're descended from Leonidas. It's a cool concept. Uh, it'd be like it'd be like saying like you were uh, another one they could have used was Achilles because it's Greece. Yeah, yeah. You could have used Achilles. You could ooh an Assassin's Creed that takes place in the Maybe, Odyssey would yeah, be cool. Yeah, that would be sick. Like where you run into well, that's more okay. We're getting into crossing over between Assassin's Creed and Gods of War here. No, that's true because Achilles never really proven to be I, a historical character. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. Yeah, that's true. But it would be cool to like encounter these people in the game. Like you encounter Leonidas at one point, and then like Achilles at another location or something like that. Or right, like or Julius Caesar, like legit historical characters, which you do. Yeah. Um, which you might we might end up encountering in this game. Yeah, I'm sure we'll maybe uh, run into you know Greek philosophers, all that stuff. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you'd have like your your like you run into like you Leonardo know, da Vinci's uh, the dude from the uh, the Iliad. Uh, Odysseus, Odysseus, or you run into um, oh crap, like drawing a blank here. Socrates or Plato? Yeah, or Plato, Socrates, yeah. those guys. Yeah. Uh, also, I got Spyro reignited trilogy and in interest. Very cool Spyro. I was never really into Spyro. That was like one of my. I never played. Um, I never really into those cartoony games. The, it was that was one of those games where that was the first like video game like relevant video game i think i ever played like i had sega genesis growing up and i got i you know i was into like sonic and like i got we got virtue fighter was the first like 60 dollar game i ever bought but um you know sony came out playstation games for 39.99 missed those days um i remember spyro was something i really wanted because everybody was playing it all my friends were playing it and i was like i really want to get into this so my mom took me to like 
three different stores and we couldn't find it. Finally, we like moseyed on down to Fry's off the 405 yeah. and they had like three copies left and that's how I got it. But I just, I just, I have fond memories of Spyro. I just, it was, it's a mindless game and you just kind of sit there. It's fun to play. Yeah. And it's it, kind of like on like Crash Bandicoot. Right, right. Kazooie, there's no, there's no stress in it. DK. Right. Um, Pokemon Let's Go. I, because, you know, when we were kids... You know what I would like? I'd uh, like a modern update version of Pokemon Stadium. Yeah? Yeah, I'd be down for that. Well, because remember, we are always like... We used to always talk about the concept of it'd be cool to have an actual console version of Pokemon. That's Pokemon Go okay. is supposed or, to like, like pave a, the like way a, for that. Okay, how about like a... like a like What would be legit would be like a... Sand, like, well, because that's what they are, essentially, is a sandbox game. The Game Boy games is a sandbox game. Right. That'd be cool to have... On a console where you could literally like see all these places and that's what that's and what stuff. Let's Go is. It's is on the it? Switch. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't it's supposed I don't to Nintendo. be okay. Well, this yeah, Switch man, good investment. Um, but it's supposed to be like the they're actually working on a legit like Pokemon entry for the Switch that comes no, out like next where you year. Could run into other online play, like I guess an MMO version. Okay, well, where on, you could battle other players in the game. Like, have legit Pokemon battles? That would be cool. Well, in this, they do the thing, you know, it's all 3D, and you can w- play it on the... If Look up footage, you get a chance. But they have, um, you know, they have the trainers popping out, and you can go and talk to them and challenge them. You mm-hmm. don't use... Um, they took out the standard, like, po- when you're out training, po- when you're do- on doing the grind, you're out in the grass finding other Pokemon, fighting trying them. Trying to level up. Yeah, trying to level up. They took, they removed that. They don't have that in this. So you're anytime. Yeah, but that's what made the damn game so. I know you level up through fighting trainers in the game. <sighs> okay. Because they this game like. Then how do you capture new Pokemon? You go into the grass and do your thing like that, and like you. So you only go in the grass to catch new ones. You don't go in there to defeat. But them your Pokemon gain experience from you capturing Pokemon. Okay, so I'm not entirely sure how the so mechanic if you knock works. So if you accidentally knock them out, you don't gain any experience. But if you capture them, you do. That's what I understand. I could be wrong, and if I am wrong, you can uh, shoot us an email at topgocalypse right. at gmail.com. That sounds legit. Yeah, but this is like supposed to be like a, te- a trial version of the real legit like series entry that's coming out on the Switch next year. Okay, I'll be down for that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, last one, Resident Evil 2 Remake. We talked about this a little bit earlier. I, I think it'd be fun to play. I'll always like remakes on gen, for, on next gen consoles. Well, especially like a game like Resident Evil that was super pixely, super like, but it was cl- iconic. Clunky. It was iconic because it's kind of the first of its kind. But yeah. you know, just seeing the footage from E three looks so beautiful, man. And Gamescom, oh. like, oh my gosh, it looks amazing. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Cool. Any closing thoughts on this? Um, I'm, there's a lot of games I'm excited for. I don't know where the hell I'm going to find time for all these games, but I'm going to try. I know it's gaming season's tough, man. It's always like what's late August to mid December is when you do all your, like, that's when the prime time for gaming is. And then you have like January through, uh, through like July. That's the January through January through July is the time you play the holiday releases. Yeah. And you have like little small trickles of games, like Borderlands usually comes out around then and, Right, uh, they want to catch uh, kids right on the summer when they start summer break. Yeah, yeah, but it's a good time to hit the back catalog. Is what I'm doing right yeah. now. Looking for an edge? The next time you take on your favorite video game, look no further than Vitabrace High Performance Gamer wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speedrun 
or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale game, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. Big dog, you got a topic for us today. Tell me about it. Yeah, I was just, uh, just, I was just thinking about it the other day. I was like, uh, you know, there's always, there's been like a lot of games that are pretty, pretty challenging, but there's been a few that's been downright like just frustrating. Want to break your controller, and I just want to see what, uh, what, what, what have been your like your top couple games that you've mm-hmm. struggled with and have just really gotten, mm-hmm. gotten you that you might have not even finished. That they were so challenging. Ooh, ooh, okay. So I kind of had a moment like that yesterday with Kingdom Hearts, where I I was able to get the bosses got progressively more difficult towards the end of the game. I still haven't beaten it, but I got to. I want to say it's the second to last boss. You fight Riku, and you're it's long story. But anyways, like we had this, you fight him, and like I can get probably about seventy five percent through the battle, but then he just starts doing more and more attacks mm-hmm. and i got so frustrated last night that i threw the controller down and i started swearing and like that hasn't happened to me in a long time long time and i was like because because you know as an adult i don't have time to sit there and grind on games like i used to yeah so i want to be able to play it quick you know and if it yeah. takes like two or three hours of grinding to get to the right levels that's fine but i went online and i looked up how other people beat this guy and they're like uh, I didn't. I uh, ha- went out and did all the side quests, and I didn't play them until I was level eighty or whatever. And I like, I'm like, okay, well, what level am I on? I click pause at level forty six. So I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna grind for forty levels just to beat this guy. Like I'm even now trying to decide. Like I might try to get to level sixty, but is it worth it? You know, well, not really. But you know, other other moments like that. I I remember we, the first time you and I went through Halo Combat Evolved when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, the maw we got all the way to the end and we ran out of time no not we didn't quite make it to the end remember we we got out of the car started fighting the flood we were like right by the there's some like glitch or whatever and we we're trying to climb up the ramp and then the timer stopped and we thought that we made it because it went white for a second and then the the thing exploded yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and that's because we kept on like you know we made so many mistakes so we were in jeeps the first time like we were in separate jeeps and then like yours flipped over so you got in mine we kept running into little like blow up guys and we were yes. flipping over and then we actually stopped when that we thought the pelican was going to come down and like oh yeah and it didn't it like blew up or whatever it blew up yeah but i'm finding that with games the longer you're playing the worse the rage moment gets though and it's not just playing in like day increments it's playing however many hours you've been playing before that like your game rage gets worse and worse and, it's and worse. Especially difficult where it's not a save uh where you, you the only saves are at the checkpoints. Start all over again at the yep. checkpoint. Yep, yep, yep. And that's that's uh that's one of the most frustrating things. Uh one of mine was always um like uh oh god, I can't remember the name of the game, but uh it was like one where you build a party and it's kinda like a Final Fantasy turn based uh turn based game. I think uh, it's remember that game where they had the cat people that had forearms? It's not. Uh, who made it? What What was the story? Oh, the story was like your sister was taken, and so you have to try to you travel around. You and it's like you can you find these people you can recruit into your part into your party. Like these, like there's like a whale people. There's like these cat people. These little lizard people. This sounds like Zelda, kinda, but it's not. It's the same. It's more Final Fantasy esque. Is it the Last Remnant? 
Was that an Xbox 360? It might be the last remnant. The last remnant. It had yeah. the the protagonist was voiced by the same guy that did Vasha Stampede and Trigun. I think so. Okay. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking that about. Game, okay, there was like one point where you got to this one guy and no matter what you did, I mean, I even went on and watched people do it and I could not figure it out and it just pissed me off. I still haven't played the game since, but I just could not beat that guy and I would get close and it would just, he'd like do like, somehow he'd be able to do three, he gets like three turns in a row. Right. And he, See, that's what I hate in like role playing games. They always give you like the buffers you can do. And you do them, but they only work about 40% of the time. But the the computer does them, and it's like a 99% success rate. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, oh, God, there was a game. I think it was um, another one that was kind of challenging. Oh, man. What was the one with the UFOs? I'm having trouble remembering games today. Enemy uh, Unknown. Uh, XCOM? XCOM. Yeah. Fun game. But I swear to God, you'd be from where you and I are, and I'm aiming at your head, and it gives me a 75% hit chance, and I do it. And then and then the, he gets a turn and it kills my guy in one hit. It used to drive me insane because in that game, people died, they stayed dead. Right. So you lost that. Oh, you lost that progressive no. character. That's like in uh, the old Sega games. So like you have Streets of Rage or Golden Axe, remember? And you'd you'd be allowed a certain amount of lives, but well, like no, no, it's like that character that you have. Like the more more missions they do, the more they leveled up, more skills they get, more equipment. And then you you're investing in these guys, but if they die, you lose all that. Yeah, and you got to start over again with like a rookie or whatever. Right, to build right. Up on your team. Yeah, super frustrating. Used to piss me off to no end, oh, dude. There was a way around it where you could save at a like a checkpoint, and then if you just quit the game before or you quit the the mission, you could just lo- reload your last save. Oh, but I think in the smart. second one they fixed it though. The the existence of memory cards has caused me so much grief over the years. Who uses memory cards anymore? No, no, but like in PlayStation. Remember when memory yeah, card remember when PlayStation had, yes. came out and you had memory cards? Like I think even, even N64 had it too. Yeah, yeah. And like my brother and I always shared memory cards because Bad my mom idea. didn't want... Okay, but get this though. Justin happened to like to play the same games as me. Yeah. So, you know, I'd be probably disc three Final Fantasy seven. Justin comes in. And he freaking saves over my save file. So I played, it took me four tries to beat Final Fantasy VII, which is weird because there are four discs. <laughs> yeah, so it was a an exercise in frustration yeah. at the most. So do you have any moments, though, where you actually broke a controller? Yeah, yeah. There was... um. I was playing, I think it was the first or second uh, UFC fighting game. And uh, there's uh, moments in the game where you could like, you, like you're doing good, but if like, if you get hit with a certain punch or kick or whatever, a certain spot, it could just, it, it like rolls or you have like a, like a, a chance to get an immediate knockout or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I was doing that and, uh, um, <laughs> uh, and like I was going, I was, I was, I was, I was, I progressed through the through the people to build up so I can fight the champion, and then I I was doing it and I was doing pretty good, and it was it was super challenging, and I thought I was doing good, and then all of a sudden he hit me with a with a hit, and I knocked out, and I had freaking I you have to start all over again. Oh dang, dude! Yeah, I was okay. So mine was Skyrim, no, not Skyrim, Oblivion. Okay, I did the <laughs> um. I always forget that in Elder Scrolls you pretty much have to like romantically date the save option 
you have to be attached to that completely. Oh, you have to say, it, it has to be has ingrained to that you save every five Always minutes. be on your mind. You kill a guy, you jump over a river, you avoid an obstacle, you got to save that. Yes, like that's, yes, yeah. yes. Have multiple saves. So there was one time when I like zoned out, did not save for three hours, went into an oblivion gate, oh, almost right. made it to I the top, this one. did the marathon sprint to the top, almost closed it, died. And I was like, okay, well, hopefully it auto-saved before I got on there. It didn't auto-save. So my Xbox controller, I threw it and actually put a hole in the wall right here. And, um, yeah, I, did, I mean, it cost me. It was, the, it was on me because it cost me, what, 50 bucks to buy a new controller yeah. after that. But I just learned my lesson, though. <laughs> I actually got so mad one time that I twisted one in half. Ooh. I can't remember what I was. I think it was playing. Uh, it's probably a PlayStation uh, controller. If I yeah, because those it was are, a PlayStation. Those ones are it was a play- super PS, weak in the middle. PS3. Yeah, PS3 controller. I was playing. I think it was a WWE game, mm. and I like did all the thing I was supposed to do, and I ended up losing anyway. And I just like it was so frustrating because it was like twelve thirty in the morning. Yeah. And I've been on it for like four hours, and I just was like, "Oh my god!" And I like do it like this, and I. That's one of those things, though, right? The more hours you've been playing before the the meltdown, the more likely you are to break a controller or scream at something. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, Was there's one more thing I was going to say? I do you remember a game called Blue Dragon? Is written by Akira Akira Toriyama, who made Dragon Ball Z. It's on the Xbox 360. I think it was four discs. Same and same uh, art. What what was that game where it was like multiple discs? It was uh you had you played a character he was like in like silver armor with like long black hair. Oh. You had like a sword that like it was like another turn based game, but it was like multiple discs, super challenging. That was Final Fantasy, did no, that. it wasn't because it wasn't a Final Fantasy game. Um, oh, Lost Odyssey. Was it lost on three sixty? Yeah, the guy with the long hair. You played his name was like Kane or something like that. Was it that one? I think that was it. That was on Xbox three sixty. It had no, it had so many discs in it that they didn't even like the flap in the middle wasn't enough to have them all. It had to have yeah, an yeah, envelope yeah. with two other discs in it. Yes, I remember in um, Blue Dragon though. I was trying to get an achievement one time, and I melted the rubber on the controller because you have to like it involved you pressing down on the uh, x button a, a lot yes, of times yes, so yes. i got out i went over to eric so i'm like hey eric can you do this because i can't i, I want no, to i remember the story yeah and we took the he took his mom's like neck massager that had the the, the vibration yeah and just went and it, like i got the achievement but it freaking melted the side of the joystick because it got so hot good lord good lord um all right, cool, man. Any closing thoughts on this? Uh, I love challenging games. Uh, oh, yeah, we're challenging games. Dark Souls, by the way. Dark, yeah, oh, Dark Souls real, So frustrating. Uh, super frustrating. It's I coming like out it. on Switch, by I the way. Uh, but uh, I love frustrating games. Uh, I haven't broken a controller in years, I swear. I don't like games to be unbeatable. I don't, yeah, though. I don't like games to be unbeatable where I get so frustrated that I just quit. Yeah, like, or like you have to be in the top tier of video game players to, play to, damn to beat it. Yeah. yeah. I like challenge. But I don't like it to be redonkulous where if, unless I have to like dedicate like hours of my day to get better at this game. Like right. it's a legit skill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you, man. But definitely definitely cool with challenging games though. Yeah. I like challenging games. I don't like a game like Kingdom Hearts though. I don't want to invest more than 40 hours into it to to get to the ending, you know? Right. Yeah. All right, cool. If you're looking for more episodes of this podcast, you can find them on podcast.com, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and 
other great podcasting outlets around the globe. Until next time, it's been a pleasure. Later. We'll be right back.